on this lovely 1122 portal. Let's chit chat a little bit about love. And that's from a whole three-year-old heart. So I was recording before, but I got into too much of the psych education. And I just want us to work with those of you who love humanity, love yourself. You love your relationships, whether you are a polyamorous or a monoamorous person, you understand being a grown-up. There are still within the lovely eight plus billion people, a lot of teenagers is the word I'm going to use. So they don't know how to be soft and themselves. They are rigid and they are chaotic. And if people are polyamorous, it's an issue for them. If people do AI, whatever it is. Okay. So some people don't know how to enjoy life. They are in the relationship and uh, societal soul age group. I'm from and in that enlightenment soul age group. So I channel guidance for people who are open-minded and they don't have this thing of needing to control each other. Um, Yeah. Okay. If you're a person who has different belief systems, cool, go somewhere else. Okay. So this channeled guidance and this 1122 portal for these and always IHP content is for enlightenment the human way. You have a heart, you have a home, either you're securely attached or you know about it and you're working your way towards it. You have a vision, meaning a visual on your inner charged child parts. That's the zero one attached panicky, three seven shame submissive, freeze of all ages, and then flight 1112, which is somebody who's uh, 11, 12 years old, and then 14, 15, 16, the fight. And what I mean is that's the age group these charges are preserved in. And I learned this from my trauma basic course with Albert Wong. And it's Dr. Albert Wong on Somatopia. But my teacher was Sue Martin and is Sue Martin. And she's a therapist. And all the people that I learned from are therapists. Okay, so I'm trauma-informed and somatic-informed. And if you have questions, reach out. I'm going to try and just organize moving forward these child parts, these charge parts, because they're important for me to remind people that don't regularly tune in, my lovely regular listeners. And when you're a securely attached person, you are able to be solo, like a solo polyamory or a solo monoamory, because you can handle your nervous system. So being your safe haven means you self-regulate your nervous system. So I get to be in my ventral vagal state and feel the oxytocin gene hormone on love. That's why, for me, I love many since forever. For others, they're choosing it for different reasons. And then for others, they think of love as one human being only. And that's because we live in a mononormative world. So we have been taught this. That's the only reason people for now think of love in this way. But love is a feeling that we all have. And love is part of our human nature. And the attachment researchers are sharing that. And when you are in a restorative embodied self and an integrated brain, this is why you're in a 5D plane. And it is Christ consciousness because the person, Jesus Christ, talked about unconditional love. Forgive them for they do not know is straightforward. And 4D does not know any of this because they're busy talking about your oversoul with the word karmics, energy vampires, soul contracts that end, yada, yada, yada. Okay, so... Teenage land is not the land of 5D. 5D land is where we know our attachment system. So, of course, there's an understanding some people have in their idea, love, one person. They will take ownership of it. They will be able to also talk to a person who's polyamorous without the idea of, oh, you're going to infect my partner. 
Okay, there are people that actually do this shit. They, they don't have people meet people because, oh no, you might convince them to be polyamorous. It's like, wow, that's how I apparently think your person doesn't know who they are if you think they can be convinced to be something. And on that note, as we move forward, let me read to you. Patrick Tehan, childhood trauma survivor, healed in healing and therapist. I say healing because I don't know his journey, so I'm sure he might be still working through some stuff, but he is a therapist, so he's healed to where he's whole, but he might have moments in his life where he's brought to remember or he shares with his community so he can relate to people who are in his community. <clears throat> okay, a big part of stopping generational trauma is being a better partner. He says, this post involves what we model for our children so that they have a healthy blueprint for how a partnership works. He says, I cringe when I think about what my parents modeled, character assassinating each other to us, emotional and physical violence, a nasty public power struggle about who does more, who needs to be seen more, expressing that marriage ruined their individual lives and creating allies through their children for support. He said, what was missing was mutual respect, growth through healthy conflict, seeing and appreciating each other as a team, enjoying each other, and he puts in parentheses, or in quotes, God forbid, acceptance of differences, and then healthy, effective communication. And he says, so as we move even further from the dysfunction and toxicity of our family system, we need to be aware of how we treat our partners, despite it most likely being much improved from what we witnessed. This is true even if we don't have children or an extremely difficult co-parent, a complex and highly unfair situation. We still have to be mindful of what children see. Lastly, he says, stopping generational trauma isn't just about having children. I believe it's about not bringing any more misery and dysfunction into the world, just as noble. So for my lovely 5D mystics and functional adults, you are choosing to be a person who knows how to self-regulate and you do not bring dysfunction to you, your family, your neighborhood, all. Because being those Zen masters, which means you're able to be a loving and respectful, respectful eye, you handle yourself in your body in a way that equals, I have the ability to know that any human who is quote-unquote nasty is a person who does not know their own trauma memory stuff and attachment category and or they're choosing to behave this way, I'm going to choose to behave in a way that is, I see you, you're whole, let me mirror to you that you're whole, and whatever direct communication I choose to bring forth, it will not be shame, blame, fault, or revenge, it will not be me projecting to you, it will not be me in a dysregulated nursing nothing. And I know this because I know healthy self-worth. I love myself first. So your words don't mean I don't love myself. Your words don't have my social system be reactive. You're not a lifeline. I'm not a teenager. I'm not a child. I'm a full-blown functional adult who has the harness of my prefrontal cortex. While you be in your biological rudeness, I be in my ventral vagal mammalian heritage, love, nervous system response. And I do it again and again and again, and that's a whole three-year-old heart. And that's one of the don't cast stones. Means I'm not going to say you're good or bad. 
I'm going to stand straight and know you're human, I'm human. And with the updated good psych education, know that there's something and I don't know what it is. And I will allow myself if I want to find out. If I don't, I won't. And on that note, so in partnerships for polyamory or monoamory independently, you treat with respect and with firmness if need be, but you do direct communication. You don't do, I'm a martyr or superior, let me tell you what to do in your life, or blamer, whether it's self-blame or uh, blame of other. You don't do, I take care of you. Those are codependent. They're all low self-esteem, indirect communication, passive-aggressive. They manipulate to try and harness things, and in fact, they are people who don't know secure attachment within their own body, and they also don't know how to be whole because they're each a person who does not know healthy self-worth. Because if they did, they would know neither is superior or inferior and neither is there to parent the other. They would be beyond their own reparenting and they would be an adult who's able to have an adult conversation. When you're an adult, this is how it is. This is why I was doing a whole channeled guidance for you all because of this day being about partnerships and family and expansion, but it's not rigid. It's a person who can be their self and know that you're welcome and that you can be even a person who has moods. We all have moods, okay? The comfortableness of a whole heart is knowing that no person is trying to insult you or bring you, uh, what is it called? Um, you know, it's like, uh, oh, you, you uh, disrespected me. So I'll use me when I stopped talking for the one friend of, that one friend of mine for five years. Uh, the only time it's ever happened, but... It was with the word disrespect, but it wasn't about uh, disrespecting me, the person. It was our friendship, the bond, and the bond that we share, and in fact, we still do. And it is out of a series of events. It wasn't after one thing. They first lied, so they betrayed, quote-unquote. They hid. They hid, and they lied, and they did this in a number of ways and interactions. And so when things came full circle and we sat down, me, them, and the other person, they didn't take accountability or ownership. They did the thing that they usually do, which is clown around and just actually what they did was try to throw that other person under the bus. They said, they made me do it. And I said, really? <laughs> Did, the, did they have a gun at your head? Is that what, what was going Are you telling me that you were forced physically? No, no, I didn't mean they, but they made, they made me. No, they didn't make you. Stop, stop saying they made you. They didn't make you. You chose. You made a conscious choice based on a suggestion. That's a different story. Uh, so please don't throw another person under the bus, okay? And just say you did it. It's okay. We're, we're getting through it now, but long story short, the person then went on to do a couple more things. And at that point, I was just like, you know what? I think that I'm going to just not speak anymore. And I didn't block them. I didn't unfriend them. I just didn't accept their friendship request, that one. And I got an email when I did that from the person that was with them on Facebook. Oh, you're so childish. And I was like, well, I'm not talking to them. I'm not going to say I'm not being childish. I'm just going to say I, I already told them I'm not talking to them anymore. So I, I'm not going to accept their friend request for now. Eventually I did and we became friends again. And I learned not to do something like that because what my friend taught me was that the reason they played the fool 
was because they are a person, one, they're, they wanted the woman they wanted, so they wanted to please their woman versus actually cherish a friendship, which is why they didn't cherish our friendship, did they? They made a choice. So was I really that off on how they preferred one thing over another? No, not to justify it though, but when I say disrespected, what I mean is that they demonstrated through their behavior that I and our friendship was of no value emotionally, mentally, or physically to them, that there was no value within the friendship, that the only value was the woman that they had gotten finally, and they even did it in a certain way, not to mention, FYI, for those who don't know the story, that I had advised them for their well-being to leave alone relationships for a bit because they had just been dumped after 14 years. I said, you, you've been alone for a month, two months. You were throwing up in the house. I got you out of the house. What are you doing? You're not ready for a relationship. And this is the part. I gave them advice for their well-being. <laughs> I'll never forget that. I was so pissed at him. So yeah, for five years, I didn't speak to this man. And then when he found himself in the shithole, he reached out, which I'm very grateful because that's what friends are for. They're there to support each other. And that's also why I learned not to ever do that again, because I was like, this could have gotten worse. Because if you care about people, this is the part you, you don't, I didn't do it out of ego, although on the external, that's what it can look like. And even my friend, I think he doesn't really understand my mindset because we talk about it sometimes but it just seems like they don't get it they knew they were being an asshole that part they knew because they know their personality but long story short um people can have really 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 not great days and if you know enough about people humanly speaking you want them to know that they are safe to be able and reach out and you don't want them ever to be isolated because, see, it's not in our mammalian heritage. This is one of the things that when I see 4D telling people, oh, you lose people when you're on an ascension journey, this is bullshit. It's a bullshit statement. And if you're isolating, it means you're not working with your attachment system because you have a trust break with people. And that's something that is not part of going to make you feel better in life. So my friend was really, really in the dumps. He had guts when he wrote me. He knew, but he knew me. That's why he knew that I would not say no. Because when you know each other, my friend knew me very well. That's also why I said, fuck you, when I did, because he could tell that I was pissed. And he didn't care that I was pissed. He actually kept on moving forward. Although sometimes I think he didn't really know how upset inside I was emotionally because that's the part when you're a person who's open-minded you remember you can't really know what's in the head of another person and you can't know if they don't want to talk to you about it and that's okay they don't have to so you can only know as much as you know and all I can share from this story for your channeled guidance whatever things you might have ever suspended between people if it's something that still lingers, talk about it with people because you can't know. And usually when people talk about things, it's actually not as bad as people think. And you get your feelings out and getting your feelings out, not by projecting them. The functional adults, they talk about their feelings. So they get together, 
say, sit down. Okay, so my friend and I, when he reached out, I said, okay, I was still livid. I was, the entire five years, my friends remind me and my family about how angry I was because anytime they would just mention his name, I'd be like, ah, all over the place. <laughs> so I said, okay, we'll meet because they wrote me what was happening. Basically, their business went bankrupt and the woman they were going to marry dumped them before. They had just finished reserving everything. So, you know, and, and FYI, I know my friend. He was living his dream life. So imagine that you're living your dream life and from one day to the next, all of a sudden, everything, not just one thing, everything stripped. You're, you're basically finding yourself with nothing. And on that note, for my lovely regular listeners, it was an ascension moment. And so this is where when people say tower moments, well, my friend got a tower moment. Now my friend chose not to continue his ascension, meaning to move out of the soul age group he's in, he decided to stay at a specific space. In fact, he didn't heal his shame, defectiveness, insecurity. But that's his journey, not mine. So he chose to stay within his comfort zone. He did learn the value of love. He did learn the value of people who care for you and not what aesthetically and financially it will look like. Okay, because he was, he still is, but now he knows the true value of connections. But he was a person who was very materialistic, wanting money, the girl of his dreams had to be a certain way, all of this, all of this stuff, which is very superficial. And he's not a superficial. And when you go and meet any person, you're going to notice there's a depth to them. So long story short, though, we sat down for the first two days. And I sat him down and I said, okay, now we're going to talk about all of what happened. And I made it clear, don't waste my time because I'm not going to put up with anything that you want to do facade-wise. And we, we cleared the air and by the second day something happened that had us laughing together. And, you know, from that moment forth, we both learned something. And what I was trying to get to is take advantage of being able to be brave. If you can be brave, my friend was brave. I said, you did a very brave thing. But I also knew that he knew that I would not turn him away. And he acknowledged that. And in his way, he said, I don't know how you do it. And I said, what, be a friend? That's what friends are for. We're here for each other. That's family. Okay? And so 5D mindset is all people are family Unless there's a physical threat, there's no reason for me not to try, if I have time, if I can support you, to be of help, to be of support. This is our humanity, and our divinity is not about us not using technology or AI. It is about our humanity and understanding that oneness consciousness is you actually being able to have a securely attached body with an embodied brain that is integrated. Everything that I learned, and I'm still learning from Daniel Siegel and all of the trauma-informed experts, and for those of you who are mystics, it doesn't change anything. Actually, what changes is that 4D doesn't do any mastery of their emotional plane. They're too busy thinking of themselves as anointed and in spiritual bypass. And they're misunderstanding clairs because they read ancient texts versus perceive what is an energetic imprint? I laugh because 
I don't even know how else to explain it to my loved ones where I have some 4D people and they are in pseudo-aliveness. They definitely have aspects of dissociation, so they depersonalize and they derealize. I am firmly aware of them doing structural dissociation at times, and they also have human suffering, meaning they do rumination, and they don't hear a word I say when I share with them the somatic and trauma-informed stuff. They're too busy in their story. And that's where if you're busy with a story, you can't be busy with what's going on in your body, and you're not busy actually learning to self-regulate your nervous system and to learn how to work with the implicit memory. So if you don't make sense and you don't tidy up the, the home, remember, you learn how to love yourself and to speak to yourself, thank you Terry Real, depending on how you were held. Until you achieve a state of equanimity and you're able to do the inner growth mindset, which is not an inner critic, it's you contemplating and you evaluating in neutrality, duality, so you're able to say, yeah, of course I have things I like and don't like. It's called karma. I'm going to do dharma. I'm going to do expansion of consciousness. I'm going to get back. No, I'm going to stay in integrity. I'm not a lost compass. I'm a person. What did I witness at home? That's my first thing. Okay, if I witness people not knowing healthy love and healthy boundaries, it'll be because I will be aware of what it means to treat somebody with love and respect. You're whole and I'm whole. The number one thing, I'm not going to cast a stone. And this is something that is a conscious choice of a person. So you can choose to understand we're all humans with a heart and that all people came from somewhere. If they didn't have a tidy home, they can't have clarity or organization. And if they don't know how to sit in stillness within themselves and be compassionate and not think of themselves as flawed, they don't have what it's... Um, they don't have what it is to be their whole self. They don't believe in themselves enough. So they either get to meet those who will look at them and say, I believe in you and I see your wholeness and I see your light and I'm here. And that's why with my friend, he's a perfect example. He knew that to me, no matter imperfections or flaws, I would always be there because that's just the type of person, a securely attached adult self-agent is you do you i do me and let's have fun high five you're shit no you're shit fuck you fuck you and there we go and that's it and you really don't need to be in the whole forgiveness game because you already know the past is gone yep there it went bye and if something comes up from the past you also know about that by the way you are able to say you know this thing happened to me this one time and so every time this thing happens to me i kind of get this way trying to work through it though so next time I'll make sure not to be reactive or I'll try not to and I'm serious because some people they get to work with the healthy people their own triggers because they will have triggers trauma is relational and it's relational sometimes abuse physical and abuse emotional also neglect and that's very important to notice so people who did not have the first seven years of life in a specific space, they don't know repair of rupture. They might not even know anything about themselves. It all depends. You can have a voice that can explain something and you can also just be a person that can be there. And if a person projects, it's very easy how to handle projection. And that would be by saying, uh, I'm not going to know how to handle your nervous system. 
No, it's going to be said, I'm so sorry you're upset. I can't do anything about it. Okay, that's because you don't feel defective or that you owe somebody anything. And so people who have had childhood trauma and they heal and they become their adult, they need to learn how to do what I just explained, which is why having healthy relationships is good for them because they get to see somebody stand up for themselves but they get to see us stand up for ourselves in a way of saying, I am going to look at you. I lovely, lovingly and respectfully speak to you in a tone that will allow you to know there's no grudges, there's nothing, there's me and you, and there's emotions, and there's a conversation. And the more you're an adult, which... Again, when you're here, whoever of you and however, me, however many of you are here, it's beautiful. It's beautiful to be able and actually address anything in this format because in your body you will feel the consciousness that you are and I are. I'm talking to mystics right now. If you have a relationship with the sphere of Akash, then you will know of, they call it grace, some call it the Holy Spirit, some call it love, uh, it's I call it just being a person because the emotions are in your body and you're a human and I'm a human and it's biochemistry that we have a right mode of our brain and that's where they say the self is or that's where they say the seat of consciousness is and that the left mode is the chit chatter and they've actually done studies. They've separated the left and right mode. Okay, so when you go and look at how our brain is, they will say that our right contains the seed of that soul, but does it really matter where it's contained, quote-unquote? First, figure out how to, how to wield yourself, like how to be you with it, you know? How to be your Krishna Lila is what I call it, because you explore the depths of seriousness with the profound and with curiosity when you're in your ventral vagal nervous system. So this is an integrated brain, people. It means you're able to sit in your left and right together, and unknown, unexpected doesn't send you into chaos or rigidity. You don't need to close any loops. There's no loops to close. The only time your three-year-old comes up is with your actual household. That's why it's important to have people that are not from that household, by the way, because they're the ones who, by being outsiders, but by being healthy, which means they don't have an agenda, they don't try to lead you to where you want them to go. No, they see you. And they say, I see your beautiful inner child. I see how amazing you can be. I can feel your potential. And this is the felt sense of self. So whenever you are 5D mystic, any of my 5D mystics who are already here, you will know what I'm about to share with you because you will have experienced it time again and again and again and again in all of your relationships, okay? So I'm going to move to romantic partners for a minute because our friendships are all part of our relationships, yes, but the people that you get to know, okay? So when we meet anyone, we tap into quote-unquote. We're just connecting already on the level of our three-year-old, our inner child. A person who's a mystic with 5D has an inner child that is happy, giggly, and we love human beings, meaning we love each other. No trust break. Before D, they have a trust break. They have the teenager leading the way. They don't have their inner child. Their inner child is not being held by their teenager. Their teenager is spiting the adults that weren't there for them, and they're choosing whatever, whoever's their superhero. They're looking up to that, okay? So they're all the people who get conned and 
into the whole, they're all with ethical cults, culty cults, traditional cults. I'm just going to leave it at that. And in fact, just go see the 40. You'll see who they venerate. Somebody's on a pedestal. Okay, they're not being their self and they're not, you know, knowing I'm myself. And if they're looking up to somebody, they're not looking up to them in a way of saying there's traits that I like because I have these traits or I see these traits in me and I want more of them. So when you're able to just know we're all the same big bubble of energy and we can look up to each other. If you're looking up to each other, it's because you have seen an even bigger piece of pure consciousness is how I'm going to say it for the 5D. So when I think of who I look up to right now, it is two people that demonstrate to me how I want to move into more of equanimity that way when it comes to bigger, more important conversations. Because my Kali mode still comes up a lot for certain topics. So I noticed that about myself. And I'm like, I want to talk more like they talk because they're equanimous. And the wisdom can come flowing. So on that note, that's a side note. When you know what you're looking to strive for as the expression of you, and if you're essentially connecting as an enlightenment soul age person, you want to keep on being able to be a person who can set an example for all of us can become the same wholeness. And it's an integrated brain again, and a restorative embodied self. So it's a person who with their eyes, sees you, and they're present, and they're attuning, so there's nothing going on in their left mode or right mode, they're just there with you, and they're tuning to you, and they're going to resonate with you, and you're going to feel felt and seen, and then you're going to be like, wow, you, you see me, you hear me, that's so beautiful, you welcome me, I'm whole, you actually don't have anything to say that is creating any type of, uh, I don't like you, okay? So there's no implicit bias memory. There's nothing coming up. You're, you're there with me as I am, and I'm there with you as you are. That's what you get if you have a 5D self-empowered, enlightened person, functional adult, and or enlightenment soul age group, and or a mystic, but they're all basically, I'm a person, you're a person, and we're both defective and flawed, but it's great to be here and chit-chat. And that's because no matter what we're chit-chatting about, we both stay within that state of we're okay with being ourselves and our opinions, okay? So neither person will be in a space of, oh, I, I don't accept how I think, and I'm afraid that you won't accept what I think, and okay? That, that's what it means when you can be with someone and just be yourself and them themselves, and nobody is, it's consciousness and consciousness together. Okay, so... On that note, now that I've lost my train of thought, I will say that one. I was trying to get somewhere to share with you all how to engage in conversation, I believe, with other people, being present, attuning, aware. Hmm, let's see if I can get it back. Accepting each other, having a compassionate mirror allows a person to see what they are capable of if they're open to themselves. And so what I was trying to get to is when you look at somebody with the eyes of a loving and respectful and a tone, that other gets a choice point of how to see themselves and how to dress you and if they're going to feel comfortable and if they're going to move into being their self or not. And as a moment in time, though, moves forward, this, this area is very sensitive because 
when a person doesn't know <clears throat> who they are from their household to their presence, uh, they're not really clear on the emotions that can arise. And that's because if you don't have a full relationship with all that comes up, and what I mean by that is that you can hold it. You have a window of welcome for emotions or you have a window of tolerance. Now, a window of welcome means that you don't feel overwhelmed. A window of tolerance means sometimes you can feel overwhelmed. If you're doing work with yourself because you want to be a person who can present yourself as equanimous, even if you don't know anything, choice points, that's what we are. And there's a way that your attachment system calls you home to secure attachment and to restore the embodied self. And that's a journey, though, that a person, as those emotions arise and aspects arise, would want to welcome and take accountability and ownership. And then they move forth in that way. And that means believing that they can move into a version of themselves that they can see. So we, back to what I was trying to get to, can see the potential. And I said a romantic partner because usually you're going to be planning stuff. So the potential ones in the life of any person who is a 5D mystic are potentials, but if they're not securely attached, if they're not fighting for themselves so they don't know how to be loving for their self, okay, they can't show up for themselves and then they can't show up for another, you know, this is that equation that begins to play a role within a relationship and that then moves the relationship from a romantic one that has potential to one that is purely full of special moments and, and bonds. Of course, it can hold romance. This is where it depends on the relationship, but sometimes it doesn't. It moves into a complete not in that arena and it recalibrates to what is purely a secure connection, which is family, oversoul, okay? And that's not fixed in stone. None of 5D relationships is what I call them are fixed in stone because we are consistently expanding and evolving as people. And the romance is unique to obviously you and another person in your story. You seeing the potential of a person and their potential involves their dreams, their aspirations, what they share with you, and this is where it's beautiful when you see what a person can become but they're the ones who need to again take and bring that forth so we're choice points because they can see what is beautiful and infinite potential in you you can see what is beautiful and infinite potential the aspects that are not i don't want to say not beautiful but the ones that are not going to bring us to expansion are the very areas that we can support each other with the compassionate mirror. And that's because when it's not beautiful, so let's bring in moods and reactions and nastiness and triggers, okay? So while people are busy with, oh, here, betrayal is more than just cheating on you. Yeah, they are sinners, okay? So while people actually move into relationships with that stuff, I'm trying to share something different. And I laugh because I think I didn't know that teenagers would grow up and, and stay teenagers. That's my personal perspective, though. It has nothing to do with the channel guidance. So when you're a freely loving person, which 
because we're always love, you don't understand the jealousy or possessiveness. We understand the word I shared with you already, compersion. So I'm happy when I see partners happy. I don't need them to be my partner alone because that has nothing to do with the love that we share. We share love because we choose, no, because we're safe to be ourselves together and then we want to have laughs together. So the more you want to have a laugh with me, the more I'm going to be happy because it means that you actually want to be intimate with me. And the less you might want to be intimate, I won't necessarily be happy, but I'll be able to navigate it because I have joy just being able to have you in my life. I don't need you to do something specific. Okay, so love and freely loving is no strings attached. And this is possible for those who are securely attached within themselves. That's where the solo polyamory person who embodies it can explain to you what it's like because we have 24 hours. We're busy with those 24 hours. We have interests. We do personal development. We are very alive inside our bodies and so person adds to our life and then of course if a person adds to your life and then they want to talk about building something you build something but you need to accept each other for who you are so in this case if you're polyamorous and somebody doesn't want that well you know there's uh, okay we're not compatible because you're not accepting how i love others on the other hand they will, for example, make choices based on fear. And so while they might say, I'm polyamorous, they are not 100% sure of it. No, they don't want to give up the potential of a relationship and they decide to not even bother talking about it. And that's why that's a fear-based decision, which means you didn't really consciously make a choice. So you didn't choose based on who you are. It's not good or bad, but it wasn't something that you fully evaluated from your thought process and your emotional process. So you put yourself to the side and you chose, no, you reacted with fear. And in fact, uh, I have two examples for the polyamory. We're both individuals, they're male, and they both didn't actually do anything the minute that they started hooking up in a way that was serious with, with women, different women, obviously. But uh, telling them, hey, uh, my status is polyamory. And they both had a way of giving me an excuse because we were chit-chatting since we were part of that polyamory crew. You know, sometimes you're like, oh, wow, you are? Okay, cool, because we're not that many. So it's nice to be able and express how we love differently than the monoamory people, monoamory, but um, monogamy as well, even though there's polygamy versus polyamory. So long story short, what I was trying to say by using the example is that when we talked about their decision, because it came up eventually as we're friends, and I was like, so you didn't mention polyamory? <laughs> Another dude, I didn't have the opportunity yet to say, so what's up with your girlfriend? And that one was even more awkward because that one, he was really thrown off. I, I, I can say that he's lucky to have the woman. I don't even know what, if she's blind. I don't know, but it was actually, there's a whole story here. But I'm going to leave that one out since it's not part of our channel guidance for today. Long story short, if you're reactive, it means that you didn't actually sit down to think, you know, what, what do I want to say? What do I want to do about this? And then to actually have the conversation. And the conversation... It's about you being able to handle if somebody says, I don't, I don't want you, I don't like you, 
And for me, for example, there was an instance where I was afraid for sure of not being accepted because I know that it's not part of the mononormative culture. But I still made sure I would spell out, hey, here's who I am. I didn't have the word at the time. Here's what I have. I have people that in my life, they're special to me. They're not going to go away. They're here. And they're more than just friends. So this is what you get. This is what I got to offer you. And that was that. Hiding it was not an option because that would not have been fair or nice or transparent. And it's not the way you build a relationship. Relationships that you're looking to move forward with, which means for a lifetime, not just temporarily and romantically or anyways in in having and sharing special moments. There's no reason for fear to be the dominant area here, but let me specify this is because when you are a self-empowered, secure attachment human being. So again, solo polyamory here. I know how to self-regulate my nervous system, me, Maria, and I'm a whole three-year-old heart. I know healthy self-worth. Not superior and I'm not inferior and this is who I am. You don't like it, you don't have to like it. I didn't ask you to like me. I'm telling you who I am and you get the option to say yes or no. It's not about like or dislike in this case. It's about do you, are you curious? Are you enjoying? Do you share joy with me or not? It's very straightforward. People that get into the outline and those lists yeah that, that's uh those are people who want to securely attach based on their own definers of a mononormative culture is what i'm going to present and they have also the idea that love means you're my possession and if i'm not jealous then i am not in love with you And that's a whole culture as well. So depending where you are from the world. Okay, so if you have any love decisions to make, this is what I'm channeling right now, straightforward, you either talk like a grown-up and allow yourself to know, of course, there's nerves. There's always going to be nerves. There's always going to be fear, but you you can talk like a (laughs) grown-up. And that's if you're a grown-up. If you're younger than a grown-up, because I know my listeners, you vary. So I know that we have some in the 20s, some in the 30s. And let me share with you, the two guys, they were in their late 20s. They are, excuse me. They are in their late 20s, okay? So the excuses of one of them was, I don't want to hurt her feelings. That's an excuse, people. And if you're women, uh, men, they, but I want to address the women in this case, And I am going to say, if you're same sex or opposite sex or bi, it's it's all. It doesn't, we're talking human to human is what I'm trying to say, okay? We're talking, how would you want to be addressed? Uh, Would you not want the person to tell you everything independently if you have a sensitive ego or not? Don't you know how to handle that ego? Because all it takes is for you to know, of course, you got feelings. Do you not know how to handle the truth? Do you, do you want So people already don't know how to say truths because if they didn't grow up to become their full adult self, believe me, I know. I know a bunch of teenagers. It's, it's to this day, I shared with you a story. I think I did recently. I don't remember. But essentially, in case I didn't, since I had to re-record some of these, I had a person who I know, they're an acquaintance, but they didn't just reach out and ask me what they wanted. They did let me play that I'm going to interact with her a couple times and then I'm going to ask for what I want. 
And for me, Maria, just ask me what you want. You would have done way sooner than instead try to wait, whoever knows how long before you got to ask me whatever you're going to ask me. Like, I, I, I try telling people, but they, they continue to believe in the whole, uh, no, I'm not going to believe a person if they tell me I'm, I'm, I'm direct. And let me, let me continue to put my own assumption in the mix. Okay, go for it. So on that note, um, the part about how to handle yourself. If you are able to handle rejection, it's because, you know, I love myself first and you don't have to love me. I didn't ask you to love me, meaning if you don't feel good to be around me because your body is no longer in a ventral vagal state, okay then, cool. But usually it's going to be because you don't like that I think differently and that's okay too. And I'm not going to try and make you stay or make you accept me because that sounds ridiculous. One. Two, it would mean that I don't understand that you have a different way of seeing things and living things, that you have a different way of feeling things. I mean, there, there's a couple of ways this can go, but really what I'm going to say is a grown-up knows what it means for people to have different ideas about how to live relationships. And so as a person who knows subjective life experience, the minute you say, I don't agree with it, I don't like it, okay, then I guess this is goodbye or friendship or what, you know, and we want to recalibrate so you can talk about a follow-up of recalibration. And here's where for some people they actually enter into relationships that are purely physical. I'm personally not a fan of that for a number of reason, reasons as a mystic. And if you are a mystic, remember that you are sensitive to energy bodies, which means the minute that you enter into that sphere, you will have what is going to be a... There's a way that I, I don't remember the word, but what I'm just going to say is you're going to have a lot of time to have to process all that stuff. It's not confusing the 5D mystic doesn't get confused because we know what's ours and we, knows, we know what is not. But I'm just saying, when you share space like that, if you're a mystic, you are going to add to your own energy sphere. So just keep that in mind because it means whatever and however many and whoever many and whatever it is that their story is, you now get to partake in processing that emotionally and energetically but it's still emotionally okay so besides the whole part of obviously stds which is the number one on my list is always physical the energy part for anybody who has a window of welcome on emotions it's uh it's a no-brainer it's like oh okay meaning we don't try to figure out who or what or where the energy or where the wound or what we were not busy with that we're just processing it because that's how it works when you are a person who knows love in your body and that's your ventral vagal state, and it's called not ruminating, but instead allowing yourself to know that emotions are part of the life of being a human. So on that note, I was trying to say, be brave and share with people who you are, and if you can't, it's okay, but you want to understand that you're going to then be giving up something. It might come back, it might not, it might become your new identity, and you will be happy with it, and that's where you will know. You will know what you feel, but what you want to understand is that if you're afraid of rejection, and you actually don't even have the courage to say, you need to accept me for who I am, 
you're not standing up for yourself. So why are you listening to 5D mystic functional adult enlightenment channeled guidance? Is how I'm going to present it. Why are you listening to somebody who's talking to you about being a whole person and understanding healthy self-worth? You can, by the way, get a lot of support from good trauma therapists if you want. You don't need to have trauma therapy or trauma. You can just have attachment wounds. You can have trust breaks. It's a very straightforward equation why people are desperate, quote-unquote, when it comes to relationships, like the request that I got, which was pretty much ridiculous, quote-unquote, again. But then again, they needed guidance. I gave them guidance. I hope it supports them and their future, maybe, relationship. Um... And I'm not laughing. None of this is funny. I'm just saying, if you're tuning into episodes that talk about inspiring human potential, you will want to notice, do you believe in humanity and do you believe in you? And so while some people don't, I do. And I know that you are whole and you can be whole. And therefore, there's a way that you can acknowledge that being afraid is part of our mammalian heritage. It's normal. Because if we get rejected, then that's, you know, rejection is what it's called. But you can learn how to work with your emotion and that's your emotion and say, it's, it's, if I'm not liked, it's okay. I like me, okay? And it's not something that I need to take personally. Whether it's romantic or not romantic in this case, this is always, in all cases, if somebody says, I don't like you, you have what is called, besides your attachment system, a social system or societal system. And that is activated uh, from the data that was given to me when we're adolescents, when we're teenagers. Okay, And it's something about a lifeline. So the shame emotion that arises is a lifeline. It's still your mammalian heritage. It's still in your brain. It's still yours to harness. Once you understand that the pit in your stomach and the longing and self-loathing and heartbreak and gut wrench and anything that comes up from your emotional body or sensations has a reason... And once you can understand that processing it is yours, and so only you can close that loop, emotionally speaking, you don't need to have an answer for why it's there. It's are you going to be yourself and stand up for the self, and are you going to feel it in your body? Meaning, am I going to say, let's put a hand on our hearts right now, even though that's not the posture of activating your ventral vagal. That posture is put one arm under your armpit, put the other arm on the other arm if you want, and that one activates your ventral vagal. I wanted to put a hand on your heart because let's open up our hearts and let you understand this is your muscle and it is a brain alongside your cerebral brain and your gut. Your ventral vagal state is your ventral vagal state. You have one. Stop listening. If there are people who say you're an alien or not an alien or whatever it is, okay, we're mammals. We don't need to fill in the gaps yet with other stories. Right now, fill in the gap. You're human. And when you're little, you have emotions, and you're growing up, you have emotions, and you move forward, you have, it's called the attachment system and this social system. And then we have brain circuits or circuit areas for feelings, okay? So there's a way you can be explained, and your biochemistry, this isn't because we should feel that we're machines, no. You have a relationship with it if you create one. And that's the beauty and fun of being able to be yourself with flaws and imperfections and say, I unconditionally love me. And you get to be that inner child, that three-year-old, but one that understands my brain is mine and I want an inner growth mindset so that I can expand. My body is mine and I want to navigate it in a way that I can feel my sensations and all of that. And that's important to note if we need extra support, right? Because that sometimes is needed. 
it's a process. It takes time. Some people, they want to speed it up, but, you know, there's not a need to speed it up. It's, are you able to look at yourself from another perspective and say, wait, I'm whole and I see others as whole and I won't be welcomed by all as I am, but I can continue to be open-hearted and spontaneous or try to get there and then be it. And this is called no trust break. It's just you being you and knowing that it's always going to be uncomfortable. Did I make the team? Did I make it in the, in the romance angle corner? Did you tell me I'm lovable or do you not like me? Okay. And we'll close with this. When the young dude, one of them said, I'm afraid to hurt her feelings. I said, you're going to hurt her feelings if you come out with it later on because you basically will have omitted to her something you are. And what I've gathered is he's not moving back into polyamory. He's just dropped it like he's dropped other things. So he's made conscious choices in this moment for now to give up what he had decided for himself. And he seems externally happy, but these were choice points. Essentially, it doesn't seem that he's made them consciously. He found himself in a nice relationship, moved in, and then he found himself being told by the very same person, oh, well, you're a lifestyle, you're this, you're that. He found himself with a person who was nagging at him, and he found that. So the part of what we see, though, is something different when you negate your own self to you. And in fact, when you look at this person's family, this is what his family trained him to become. And I said trained because there's certain types of households that you know, and in this case, this is one of them, how the parents are, how they talk to the kids, how they get them to, okay, this is what success means. Okay. And it reminds me very much of the Eric Fromm book, I think it was The Art of Loving, where he gives an example of how a person goes from being an innocent child to being a workaholic because none of what the essence of him, the child was, was brought forth. And the parents knew just how to get that child to move where they wanted them to move. So the equation, it's always very straightforward. And it's not about anyone, by the way, noticing the difference. The people who notice the difference are the ones who are living out the expression and the essence of them. And in fact, I've met some of those people. They've made these decisions. They're very happy. There's not uh, any security for that matter, but they are full of life. When you follow your heart, you're full of life. When you follow a story that you've been told and you don't sit with yourself and say, you know what, even though I'm afraid about these and these, these choices, I'm going to, you know, do it anyways, or I'm going to try and find a middle ground. It's so small sometimes, that's the part, so small. The choices, in fact, they're small on purpose because you're not giving up on yourself, essentially. You're making small choice points, and then some people, they wake up and like, I don't like anything about my life <laughs> because they will have made those, those choices based on what they will have been told is a good life. Others are awakened to their own inner child and they say, I'm not going to give up my inner child. I understand what my family wants or what the system or society, but I'm going to keep doing my way. It feels better. I understand rationally why these other people, there's a balance when you're making a conscious choice because you're not struggling with who you are or what society is telling you.
And that's something beautiful when you see people being able to do this. This happens in your relationships too. So being afraid to say to somebody who you are, it's normal. Being afraid to share your story, trauma story, any story, it's normal. This is, and I should say, there's, it's typical. I think we don't use the word normal anymore, apparently, or something like that. So it's typical for a person to have emotional questions when it comes to presenting who you are friendships, relationships, romantic or not, all people are bonus in your life. If you allow yourself to become securely attached and your societal attachment and you just be you and knowing that you can feel, of course, embarrassed or awkward or whatever, but you can use your mouth to talk about it and you keep moving forward with compassion and love in the forefront. And I hope you have a wonderful 1122. Build those relationships, no drama. Let's heal trauma and let's be grown-ups together, functional adults, enlightenment, 5D mystics, and everyone aboard. Have a great one.